This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. I'm going to start with a paper that I was really excited to see uh, in publication. It is a paper in the Journal of Pediatrics. And the first author is Dr. Pia Wintermark, who is a neonatologist from Canada that Gabriel Altet and I interviewed for the French podcast. And she is a brilliant physician scientist who studies uh, the brain, neonatal brain development, neonatal HIE. And she published the first uh, paper on her opus of work where she is looking at the use of sildenafil for brain injury secondary to HIE. So the title of the paper is Feasibility and Safety of Sildenafil to Repair Brain Injury Secondary to Birth Asphyxia. It is the SANE-01 trial, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled phase 1b clinical trial. Um, I am very excited about this paper because obviously the saga with EPO and HIE sort of came to a close last year, and we're always looking for therapies and interventions that we can offer the babies and their families when they're facing with um, hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. And our discussion on sildenafil with Pia on the French podcast was very much eye-opening. She uh, writes in her introduction a lot of the things that she did mention, obviously, that therapeutic hypothermia is really the only thing we have to offer right now for uh, the treatment of uh, neonatal encephalopathy and to try to prevent uh, the development of brain injury. But as she mentions in the introduction, 29% of the babies who are being treated with therapeutic hypothermia still developed severe neurological sequelae. So it's it's not great. It's really not a, a great fix for, for this horrifying pathology. Now, what um, she is showing is that sildenafil has been shown to have neurorestorative properties by reducing the extent of brain injuries and influencing neurogenesis, neuronal architecture, and angiogenesis. Similar benefits um, of the of sildenafil on infarct size, apoptosis, neurogenesis, neuroinflammation, and oligodendrogenesis have been demonstrated in preclinical models of neonatal hypoxic hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. I asked her that question point blank the other day, and I said, well, is this going to be used for prevention? And she was saying it is for regeneration. This is going to be a treatment that potentially could fix the damage done by HIE, which is, if if that turns out to be true, would be monumental. She also mentions that sildenafil is a great drug. It's something that we are have some familiarity with because we use it, obviously, for babies with pulmonary hypertension. And so, they're saying that it is important to investigate whether sildenafil can exert neural restorative effects in human neonates. This paper is basically uh, uh, aimed at assessing the feasibility and the safety of giving sildenafil anterorally to neonates with moderate to severe uh, neonatal encephalopathy on their developing brain despite receiving therapeutic hypothermia. So this is not obviously a substitute. The SANE-1 trial is a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled phase 1b intervention study run in a single tertiary center in Canada. They enrolled babies that were 36 weeks or of age or more, weighed 1,800 grams or more, and who were diagnosed with neonatal encephalopathy, treated with cooling therapeutic hypothermia, and who have a diagnosis that is moderate to severe neonatal encephalopathy on amplitude-integrated EEG, on admission, and with HIE injury on baseline MRI. She has published a ton about early MRIs done on day one, day two. And 
I suggest you go read these papers. We're going to try to go through this study relatively quickly. So she has a lot of papers. Pia Wintermark, check her out. The, she randomized babies two to one sildenafil. She was giving two mix per kilo per dose Q12 and, or, uh, and the other arm received placebo. They give this via a gastric tube beginning on day two to three of life and continued for seven consecutive days, which reminds you of the fact that this is not really preventive. They're, they don't really care that it's really given as early as possible. It has It's supposed to have restorative properties. So the goal is to continue uh, for a total of 14 dose. They assessed encephalopathy with a modified Sarnat and with amplitude-integrated EEG, and they checked all sorts of labs that we all check, uh, troponin-1, CK, creatinine, AST, ALT, and so on and so forth. The feasibility component was defined as the ability to diagnose neonatal encephalopathy, perform the two-day MRI, randomize to treatment, and treat for seven consecutive days. They had, obviously, safety outcomes, uh, looking at adverse events, which included death, hypotension, PPHN, worsening liver function, uh, IVH slash intraparenchymal hemorrhage, and retinopathy. They also looked at plasma concentration, and they then did an exploratory analysis where they repeated the brain MRI on the surviving neonates at day 10 and day 30 of life to explore the impact of sildenafil on the brain structure and metabolism as part of safety assessment. So they measured many different factors on the MRI, which um, we don't really need to go into details, but the apparent diffusion coefficient, the ADC, the fractional uh, anisotropy, the FA, the <clears throat> lactate and acetyl aspartate ratio, and deep gray matter area. Now, the surviving neonates were then followed up at 18 months of age, and they had a structured neurodevelopmental assessment using the Bailey. So a pretty, very, very well-outlined protocol. So obviously, this is safety and feasibility, so don't get too excited about the numbers. They randomized 11 neonates. Eight neonates were randomized to sildenafil, three to placebo. Um, most of the babies ended up receiving the dose, their first dose of sildenafil within 48 hours, at about 48 hours of life. Neonates received three to four doses while receiving therapeutic hypothermia, and the rest was done after rewarming. And neonates in the sildenafil group had lower gestational ages, higher baseline troponins, and higher baseline creatinine compared to the placebo group. So if anything, they were a little bit sicker. I'm going to skip a little bit some of the safety outcome because there's not too much to write home about, but I wanted to really focus, since we're um, trying to be mindful of time, I wanted to focus on the neuroimaging outcomes and the 18 months clinical outcome. So in terms of the neuroimaging, she commented on the baseline imaging. So of the three neonates who received the placebo, one had watershed injury pattern and two had severe extensive brain injury on day two. So really not good prognosis. Among the neonates who were treated with sildenafil, one had watershed injury pattern and the remaining had severe extensive brain injury on their day two MRI. Uh, the ADC values and the lactate to NAA ratio in the thalamus were not different between the two groups at baseline. So what happens when they looked at the MRI at follow-up, day 10, day 30? Looking at it from a qualitative standpoint, 71% of the neonates, so five out of seven, who were treated with sildenafil displayed partial recovery of injury on their day 30 MRI, as well as fewer cystic lesions and fewer signs of brain volume loss, defined as widening of the supratentorial ventricular system, compared to two, zero in the placebo group. Three babies, obviously. Let's not get too uh, let's not get too excited about um, let's not get too excited about that. Quantitatively, deep gray matter was I'm getting excited. I'm about very it. excited about it. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the voice of reason. <laughs> You're trying to be 
the unbiased. Uh, uh-huh. Quantitatively, <laughs> deep gray matter was unchanged over time in the placebo group, but increased in the sildenafil group. When they looked at the other metrics on the MRI, they were not really different on between the groups at day 10 or day 30. Looking at 18 months clinical outcome, uh, they were able to assess nine out of 10 of the surviving uh, neonates and uh, they were followed at about 18.8 months. The composite outcome of death or survival to 18 months with severe neurodevelopmental impairment was 57% in the sildenafil group compared to 100% in the placebo group. So an almost like 43% difference uh, favoring sildenafil. Among the surviving neonates, 17% in the sildenafil group developed cerebral palsy and gross motor delay compared to 100% in the placebo group. So one baby out of the six actually developed CP and gross motor delay compared to all of them in the placebo group. 33% in the sildenafil group develop uh, global developmental delay. So two out of six compared to 100% in the placebo group. In terms of motor, language, uh, and cognitive composite scores, they were not different between the groups. And so in conclusion, they're saying that basically administering anteriorly uh, sildenafil to clinically neonate with moderate to severe uh, encephalopathy was feasible and safe. It's well absorbed during uh, hypothermia and it's well tolerated. That's why I said you can look at the safety. There was nothing like you're going to find out that it was well tolerated. As you probably know, if you've given sildenafil to babies, dose escalation studies are now needed to define the optimal dose before large-scale randomized double-blind placebo uh, controlled phase two and three trial could be undertaken to determine the neuroprotective, neurorestorative potential of sildenafil in the context of neonatal encephalopathy. So I am obviously very excited by this study because it opens the door to now a potential new avenue for us to explore for our babies with hypoxic injury uh, at birth. And um, the animal data and this data are all very encouraging. We have learned from the past that we're not going to scream victory before it's all over, but I'm excited. Thank you for listening to the Incubator Podcast. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Instagram or Twitter at nikupodcast, or through our website at www.the-incubator.org. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.